Hello, everybody. We are here living the authentic life, and I'm here with one of my girlfriends and an amazing woman in our community, Julie Kamiski. Welcome today. Hi, good morning. Thanks for having me. We are talking about the women's home. I met you years ago socially, and yes. we've seen each other at many charity events. I right. think you just walked a runway recently. Oh, I did. Yes, I did, actually. For, with, for education with the Spring Branch. Education Foundation, that's right. I exactly. Did. And I became involved with the women's home through the runway shows that you guys did way back in the day. And you have an event coming up, the Renew, Redo event, where you take pieces that are donated by the community and do an amazing fashion show, and it all benefits the women's home. This is a piece I picked up years ago and I absolutely love. It's from the cottage. Yeah, cottage shop. There are so many treasures in there. It's amazing. And we have a huge basement that has a bunch of treasures too that we can't even get to because people are so generous. We love it. So amazing. Okay, so the women's home. It was started 65 years ago yeah. by a woman who wanted to change the community. Very similar to you and I, but how did she put it together and how did she make it work? You know, um, it was so long ago, obviously, but, you know, I think it just started as one woman trying to do something good for the community. She was looking around trying to help one of her church friends, and there were services for men, but they couldn't find anything to help this poor young woman who was suffering from mental health and um, substance abuse disorders. It just started, you know, as many of these grassroots organizations do, one woman trying to help somebody else, and it evolved over the years. And I think that's the thing that I want everyone to know when they watch our podcast is we all look at the world and we get frustrated with the way that it's right. working and what's happening. But if we all just every day did an act of kindness or did something to move the needle in our community to make it a better place, we could really make change. And what I find so fascinating is this these wraparound services that you do. You're not individually just offering someone a place to live, which is certainly a great thing to do, right. or a um, substance abuse program, but you're also helping them get jobs, giving them the tools. Tell us a little bit about a journey. If you're a woman suffering from mental health or substance abuse, what would you experience? Well, you know, I think um, we have two different campuses, so it's kind of two different programs, but they all work together, if that makes any sense. So in Montrose, we do, we have a residential treatment facility where we can house up to 50 women at a time, and they're suffering from mental health and substance abuse disorders. They can stay for up to 18 months. The average is about 12, mm -hmm. but they all come in with, um, you know, a unique story. But the common factor is their substance abuse and mental health disorders. They've all suffered some type of trauma. They haven't gotten there just because they wanted to be, you know, have this issue. And we have this whole life model, so it really does focus on the whole person's life. You know, we really kind of found that it's not just about their addiction or their mental health issues. Mm -hmm. It really involves so much more. It's about their spiritual wellness. It's about their financial health. It's about their physical, obviously, and mental. Um, it's about their social health. It's all that whole person. You have to really help that whole person. And really, we just provide these women the tools. You know, they're the ones that do the really hard work and get their lives back on track and make make the life that they deserve and the life that they want. But then in um, Spring Branch, 
we have a whole community, basically. So we have two affordable permanent supportive housing complexes. And so one unit um, or one building is mm -hmm. actually 84 units and it is two and three bedrooms for families. And then we have one apartment complex that is 87 units for singles. It's mostly women. Mm -hmm. And then in the middle of this whole block, we have um, a community center. And anybody from the community can, you know, help with um, their life in this community center. So we provide anything from counseling, addiction, treatment, AA, we have art therapy, we've got a computer lab, we, do, we have a law clinic, we've got um, all kinds of yoga, we have workforce development. There's just so many things going on in that community center. There's um, a federally qualified health center on site, there's Boys and Girls Club, and they're providing services for kids so that they're taken care of. Because, you know, a woman cannot be happy and thrive in life if she's worried about her kids. Absolutely. I've heard that so much. You, A woman is only as happy as her least happy child. That's right. And exactly. We know that. We have kids. That's right. <laughs> We're Absolutely. living that. Freshmen in high school. Yes. So I am... Um, I've read a lot recently about blue zones, and that's where people live to be a hundred years old. Right. And what I found was fascinating: seven of the nine characteristics were about connection. Right. And there is so much to this connection, and what we have experienced in our lives is you grew up in Memorial. You've right. been friends with people for years, you have a network of people that if something happened, could be there for you. And right. that's what I found with so many of these women at the women's home, they don't have the right tribe. They don't have people around them supporting them. They don't know someone to call and ask a favor to watch their kids. They Because the other people in their life also might be not making the best choices for health and safety. So the power of this community is so significant. That's absolutely right. And you know, it's, I love that you call that community because that's exactly one of the other things that we really help provide. We have women coming out of our program, at least in Montrose, that say, you know, I have never in my life had a community. And basically that's what they say. Many of them go on to actually live with some of the women they've met that they yes. were, you know, going through treatment with. Uh -huh. um, the women over at the apartment complexes, same thing. You know, they do activities together. They go grocery shopping together. But they haven't had that in their life. Or as you said, they may have not had, um, they may have had a community, but it may not have been a very safe community. It may not be a community that they want to go back to or they need to be around in order to have a safe and a life that they want to live. Well, and I think, too, we were talking about this in my Bible study this week. There's this, this thought out there that we shouldn't be judging everyone else, which I completely agree with, but there is a level of discernment. And when you're hanging out with people that aren't paying their bills or that are drinking and using drugs all day or being sexually active with a group of people, their health and safety is really at risk. So we're putting them in an environment that allows them to be with people that can help them discern that because that is such a big part of their journey is that tribe of people that are there to support them. And I think another big factor I love is the daring way mm -hmm. and how Ashley Brown Ruiz has been working with so many of the women there. Maybe you can share about that. 
Yeah, and so, um, you know, Brene Brown came in many, many years ago and um, offered her program to our clients, which we're so grateful for. And then her sister does, she volunteers, and every Thursday she does a program through the Daring Way, Ashley Brown Ruiz. And so, and all of our counselors and caseworkers are actually trained in the Daring Way program. So that is one facet of the program that all of the women going through the residential treatment get. And you know, it has just made a huge difference in many, many of their lives. Can you talk about some of the factors? I've read her book. I, um, I actually have this quote by Brene Brown. It says, authenticity is a collection of choices that we have to make every day. It's about the choice to show up and be real, the choice to be honest, the choice to let our true selves be seen. And I think that that's a big part of this community that you're creating is that they can be vulnerable with each other because that's a big part of her journey of being daring is to be vulnerable with safe people. And you know, that's right, exactly. You know, so many of the women when they come in have suffered such trauma, they do, they have these walls built up and mm -hmm. they have not had that safe space. They've not, if they were vulnerable, it would have caused them all kinds of harm and pain. And so it is, and it, sometimes it takes them a long, long time, you know, mm -hmm. to get there. But it does, I mean, this program really does help them learn that and honesty. Many of them have honesty not, is a, it's a huge one. You know, we see that in the program. We really, the counselors really, and the therapists really have to work on that with the women because it is, it's, it's scary and you know in their life they have not had that safe space mm -hmm. and I think that's one of the biggest things is that they're offered the safe space and they have a group of women that are going through the same exact thing at the same time as they are that allows them that safe space and the ability to be vulnerable and that it's going to be okay and nobody is judging them and they're just trying to help them get through whatever issues that they are trying to work through. I think that's such a big part of connection I've found is you have to have trust and respect for one another right. to really connect and that was something that was such a difficult thing was connection during COVID because we couldn't be in person Right. and uh, we were talking before we started that your services aren't focused on women of domestic ab abuse but so many of the women who are with you have suffered from some sort of trauma or domestic abuse. I think you said 86%? Yeah, about 86%. Yeah, and like I said, our that's not our main focus. However, we do find women come to us and there's a reason that they're, you know, have come to us suffering from addiction or mental health disorders and it's trauma and most of them or a lot mm -hmm. of them have suffered some type of abuse whether it's, you know, physical abuse, mental abuse, sexual abuse, but at some point in their life they have suffered some sort of abuse. It's so difficult to overcome. So um, tell us a little bit about some of your collaborations. You mentioned the Boys and Girls Club, which I really think um, that's an incredible way to get the kids involved too, because the kids, there's such a big issue with these kids feeling trust and connection to adults if their mother has had substance abuse, because so much of what I've read said that they're not able to really emotionally be there for their kids to count on them. Right, yeah, Boys and Girls Clubs, we're so thrilled. We are so fortunate. We have a lot of great collaborations. But Boys and Girls Clubs came in and they're actually doing, you know, after school and summer enrichment programming for the kids, um, kindergarten through fifth grade. You know, that's such a pivotal age too. It is, it's yes. It's such an important, I mean, all the ages are important, but that really is starting to help frame what they're gonna look mm -hmm. like in middle school and in high school and later mm -hmm. in adulthood. 
And so, you know, that's just been a godsend for us to be able to collaborate with them. Because um, it is the kids, you know, and they provide all kinds of, it's so much fun to be over at the Whole Life Service Center about 2.30, 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Mm -hmm. There's actually um, an elementary school right across the street, Treasure Forest Elementary, and the kids walk across, you know, with the adults, of course, and that place just comes to life because all Aww. the kids are in there and they're doing all kinds of activities, whether it's art therapy, whether it's, um, you know, playing dodgeball, if it's, you know, getting um, books read to them in the Barbara Bush Library that we just actually got to open in our whole life service center. So that's oh, another collaboration that we yes. have. We actually started um, to open that up right as COVID hit so that we had to put a pause. And then um, late this summer, it actually opened up. It's it's great. So yeah, there's just so much fun things you know going on for the kids over at the Whole Life Service Center. So and I love. Um, I don't remember which campus this is. It might have been the Spring Branch, but the all the um, apartments faced to the middle, which was yes. where the playground was. Yes, that feels safe to me too because right. you don't. If they're coming out of abusive situations, it's also the protection of the women and their kids in a safe space, which is a factor. Right, absolutely. Well, and that's the other thing that helps build community too, with everything facing inward, whether, um, so at the family place, they have a playground and that's where all the kids are and they're mm -hmm. playing. And then at Jane Sizzik, there's beautiful gardens, there's a labyrinth, but it does really help focus on community. And you know, you see your neighbors walking to your apart their apartments and you know, say hello. And it also helps that community be able to keep a lookout for each other. And so if someone's suffering and they know that, they can go to one of the case managers and say, hey, you might want to check on mm -hmm. the Smith family, you know, whatever it might be. I think there might be something going on. You might want to check on them. So the case managers can actually help them, you know, if they are having food insecurity, if they need, we have some, you know, emergency food pantries so that mm -hmm. we can actually provide food if they're, you know, suffering from that. If they need help finding a job, if they just need a little, um, mental health counseling, we can help get them, you know, set up with any of those things that they need. So tell me what courage of courage to search. I'm not familiar with that. One of the collaborators, you mentioned that Zonta, mm -hmm. New Spring Art, UT Health, Baylor College of Medicine and Bank of America. Yeah, we have all kinds of, that's a very short list quite uh -huh. frankly. Um, yeah, but courage to search is, um, the Institute for Spirituality uh -huh. started this program called Courage to Search. And they come in and the women go on through the residential treatment program. It's a 12-week program. And it shows that it takes them on the journey of, you know, everybody has a different um, idea of what spirituality is. And yes. so it's not one religion over another, but it does take them through the different types of religions or just whatever their higher power might be. So they go on this journey of the different religions and um, they actually get to go on tours of you know, the Rothko Chapel, they may go to a mosque, they may go to a synagogue, they go different churches, um, and at the very end, they get to see an opera, which is just so inspirational for them yes. as well. Because there's so, such a, you know, uh, spirituality, like I say, is just different for everyone. It is, and that's a factor in the 12-step program. Right, exactly. is something bigger than yourself. That's right and something more important than what you feel at the moment, right. which has just really had an effect. That's another part of Blue Zones, is the Blue Zone areas, there is a spirituality, of a belief in a higher power, and there's even proof that if you attend church services that you tend to live a longer life. That's interesting, I hadn't heard that. Yeah, so that's <laughs> another thing. So let's talk about, um, 
families. You, um, uh, we talked about how some of the kids are able to you uh, build communities that strengthen women, support families as they reclaim their stability. Mm -hmm. I think oftentimes these kids are left behind, and I, um, I love what you said about the food too because. Um, I went to an event yesterday with the food bank and we were talking about how much COVID had changed because sometimes these kids, if they're not in a home like this, that was the only time they ate in a day right. was at school. That's and then right. with school being closed, many times many of them weren't able to eat. And I think right. a lot of the food banks are really low and struggling. Right, we, um, you know, like I said, we do offer food. We have, you know, food banks. Um, on both of our apartment complexes. We offer food a lot of the times at the Whole Life Service Center. We'll just have food brought in and that's been donated. We'll have food drives and things of that nature. Sometimes second servings will bring food for us too. Okay. And we can, you know, lay it out and it is gone. Obviously, you know, yes. no time flat. Um, but yeah, I mean, we like find- Like Thanksgiving and Christmas, do you have special days for them? Yeah, absolutely. You know, we have organizations that'll come in and provide a Thanksgiving meal, or mm -hmm. sometimes they'll provide gift cards, which actually is very helpful too, like yes. H-E-B or, you know, to Kroger or whatever that may look like, so that they can also have food throughout the year, you know, when they need it. Because um, a lot of times it's great for Christmas and Thanksgiving, but there's also there's a lot of other, other times, times that they need food too. And so, but yeah, we just... Um, are you doing Adopt-A-Families during the holidays, or are there other opportunities to make donations overall? We get donations all the time are welcome, <laughs> of course. Shameless plug. Shameless plug, yes, of course, um, monetary donations. Um, but also any, you know, any kind of donations are, are welcome. But um, yeah, we actually do have an organization that are doing an Adopt-A-Family this mm -hmm. year so that any family that wanted to be adopted is gonna be adopted and they'll get you know, surprises for the kids and then any kind of items that the family might need. Wonderful. So tell us about the fashion show. I love this. Um, you're doing a remote event and luncheon because of COVID. You're still being respectful of different people's journeys. And you've partnered with Tony's, which is incredible. Yes, absolutely. We're super excited. And so we do have um, a pre-recorded um, fashion show, which is mm -hmm. going to be fabulous. Um, we've already recorded it so I've seen it it's mm -hmm. fantastic and yes people are going to get to enjoy a delicious meal from Tony's um, and then and they can watch from the comfort of their home so they can wear their most fabulous wear or loungewear if they want to so and how would they shop for the items in the fashion show well if they are a sponsor they mm -hmm. can go to our special event which is December 9th at the cottage shop it's a very exclusive event with some of the finest wares um, so if they sponsor, they can come do that, or they can shop in the cottage shop anytime they want to come shop. Oh, so you can shop. just go by, and they accept donations there. Absolutely. Donations of clothing, housewares, home goods, you know, anything like that we can take. Wonderful. So it either would go to the women that are in the um, program, or it would be sold at the cottage shop. Most items end up going to the cottage shop. What mm -hmm. we found was a lot of times people want to donate clothing just to the women, which is so wonderful. But we have a certain number of women in the program at that time, but if you get a size 12 suit and we don't have right. anybody that's a size 12, then what do you do? And exactly. so what we found was it's really kind of better if it goes to the cottage shop, we mm -hmm. sell it in the cottage shop, and then the donations go straight to help our programs. But also any woman that comes to our program is given um, a gift card basically 
that she can shop in the cottage shop for things that she might need when she first comes to us. I think that's so much better because everyone has their own taste and style and then they're able to right. buy it at a value and then people can feel like their donation is going to something wonderful. Right. And there's so many other things. I'm a big, um, I love supporting Houston 20 and we have this text feed, like one of uh, Redeem Ministries, their washer and dryer broke. Right. And the oven broke. And so we were, you know, kind of crowdfunding that. Are there ways, do you do that? Or just any type of donation that people would push in, you would be able to draw from that to go for it? Yeah, any type of donation. I mean, you know, a lot of times, like you said, sometimes um, you need certain things and you may not have that, so cash is always kind of nice. But gift cards are always welcome, as I said, like Kroger, H-E-B, Walmart, Target. Because then no matter what time of year it is, they have it and they can That's get right. what they need. Exactly. Okay, so you have been so philanthropic with the community. You've worked from being in the private sector, pharmaceutical sales. And then what was your journey before you were with the women's home? It was interesting. I was... Um, working with other organizations, raising money, you know, just mm -hmm. as a volunteer, and then decided once my son was um, in kindergarten to go back to work outside of the home. And I had some friends that said, well, why don't you go raise money professionally because you've been doing it anyway? And that's sort of how the journey started. Um, I started out at Memorial Hermann um, raising money for them and then went to another organization and then ended up at the Women's Home, which I just absolutely love and feel so um, blessed and honored to have this opportunity to help, you know, women. I just, women and kids are kind of my, women, kids, and pets are kind of my passion, so. Yes, and I think, too, um, that there is, as a mother, we need a little bit of flexibility to be with our kids and working right. with other women. Right. Not that you're all women, but everyone else notices, knows personally the journey. Right. Because even though, Rob, you do a lot, I might do a little bit more. <laughs> realize everything we do. <laughs> exactly. So uh, this year you're also doing something with, is it Kappa Kappa Gamma? Yes, I am. I'm co-chairing um, actually their holiday home tour pilgrimage, which helps raise In your money. spare time. In my spare time, I do that. That's right, exactly. So what is that? It's actually a home tour. It's really, really um, wonderful. So they do it every two years. Mm -hmm. And we were supposed to do it 2020, and it got we yes. had to postpone because of COVID, so now it's 2022. And they help raise money for the community as well. And okay. so there's a wonderful, there's these lovely homes. People are so generous and open up their homes. Mm -hmm. And they get to go see these lovely homes decorated for the holidays. Oh, and, nice. You know, it's a two-day tour. And um, we raise funds for it. And then those funds go back into the community through the Kappa Kappa Gamma Foundation. And then you've also been involved with the Junior League. Yeah, oh, yes. Yes, <laughs> yes. I did a stint in the Junior League. I would say a stint. So, um yeah, I did my um, 10 or 12 years at the Junior League. Still, I'm a sustainer now, but um, yes. I actually chaired the charity ball for Junior League and served on their board for many years. So, And a lot of people just think of that as the tea room. Can you tell us a little bit more about it? It's so much so more much than that. More. There's so much more that the Junior League does in the community that, you know, they, on any given year, are supporting about 30, 32 charities with volunteers in the community. They raise funds for the community. I mean, it's just, and they have trained volunteers, which is, you know, that's a huge, huge opportunity for not only um, the different nonprofits in Houston, but it's also such a great training ground for the women that are coming in to the mm -hmm. organization. It really is a training ground and um, has taught so many women skills that they might not have other le otherwise learned 
to go out into the community after they've become sustainers and go and do other wonderful things in the community. It is, and tell us a little bit about your, um, so you're able to figure out how to go back into the workforce, because I talked to so many women, they're like, oh my God, how did you build a business? And most women I interview, and even men for that matter, it's coming from a passion and something you love to do, and you find a way to then transition into it. And I think there's a lot of women out there looking for ways to connect, feel like they have a purpose after their kids are gone. Are there opportunities to physically volunteer at the women's home and get involved? There's always so many volunteer opportunities. Um, actually, it is limitless. We have, you know, any opportunity in the cottage shop, you can come help in the cottage shop. That People come help with the women. They do, you know, monthly birthday parties or sober birthday parties. We have opportunities. We have women that create kind of their own program. We had a woman recently that said, you know, I'm retiring. I love to cook. And, you know, one of the things I do for my kids is before they go off to college, I teach them the basics they need in their pantry. So I said, you know what? Our women coming out our program, that would be fantastic. So why don't we do this? I said, you can set up um, a Friday. You can teach them all the items they need in their pantry. And then the next time you meet, you can do a cooking class with them. And I love that. So anybody has a talent. There's, you know, people make jewelry and teach, teach the ladies how to make jewelry. There's so many opportunities that we can actually create their own program, you know, because there's so many wonderful talents out there that we can help create a, you know, program if they want to do something for the ladies. So, so wonderful. So um, tell me a little bit about... Um, what authenticity means to you. You meet so many people. <laughs> yes. And we were talking a little bit about this before. It's uh, with our kids, it's, it's hard to kind of direct them in a path. We don't always, we're discerning for them that That's maybe right. the people in their life aren't the best people that should be there, but we want them to figure it out. But sometimes we have to step in. When you're in a position like you meet so many different people. How do you know people are real? How did you know this place was the place that was real for you to be? Well, I think um, it, to go, it goes back to the people. And I had the um, opportunity because when they brought in Anna as Anna Coffee as a CEO, I had worked with her previously. And so I knew exactly who I was working with and what I was getting into. But I think, um, I don't know, I think, I hate to say it, but I think sometimes it's just a gut feeling. I mean, I think you can tell if somebody is actually walking the walk that they're talking, mm -hmm. you know? I think it's um, a lot of times pretty apparent and it doesn't take long to figure that out. And I think if somebody is being true to themselves, then really being true to themselves and following, um, you know, kind of moral guidelines, then I think that um, that's a path that you can walk with someone on. I think that's so fascinating. I was having uh, dinner with a friend last night and we were talking about you can, as an individual, I believe we can respect someone else who's authentically walking their path, even right. if their opinions are different than us and they're just living their truth. Right. Absolutely. I agree with that 100%. My views do not have to be your views and I respect those views. Yes. So. It, but it, we 
Um, the hard thing is for people to do what they say they're going to do mm -hmm. consistently and to do that. And I feel like that's really with the woman's home is helping women and families do the most is be able to have an idea of what they want to do right. and then give them the tools to be able to support them to be able to do it because it is hard. Oftentimes that feeling passes after you make a commitment. Yes, it does. And that's, um, you know, each woman that comes in or each family that comes in kind of has a little guide, if you will, kind of their own guidebook. You know, many of them do vision boards, you know, and I think that kind of helps. And the vision boards can be helping with their program. And they have these guidebooks, basically, for lack of a better term. And it's all different facets of their life. And they can go back to that and look at that and decide what they really want their life to look like. And I think it's so true of women, even if they don't have addiction issues, of coming to this place, um, people will say to me, oh, I like your hair. Or, oh, I like um, you. your face looks great. Are you doing facials? And I'm like, actually, it's more about my whole life that I'm looking at. It's about taking time to walk. It's about right. listening to podcasts. Mm -hmm. It's about strengthening my faith journey. It's about forgiving people in my life that it's, it's not a solitary thing. And as much as I like to say, buying a handbag is going to make your life better. That's right. Always. <laughs> it will just a little bit better. It is so multiple things that go into it. Right. And I think those things are different for every person too. And they change. And absolutely. They change. I think, um, Mine has changed as I've gotten older and some of the things I've learned from, you know, a long time ago, totally changed. Like a 180, not 180, but it's changed a lot. I, don't, I just don't care as much. I'm old. I don't care as much what other people are worried about. But I think there's that too. Once you get to a place that you're so certain of your purpose, if someone else doesn't align with that purpose, it's okay. Absolutely okay. Even if they're there. your father or they're your husband or there's someone or your boss, right. you can say, you, that's your opinion, but mm -hmm. I know I'm living out what I'm doing and I think there's so much confidence right. in that. Well, thank you for joining us today. I really um, am so passionate about the work you guys are doing. It's changing our community um, and it's helping kids grow up in a safer place by saving their moms from the pain that they go through. Well, thank you for having me. I've enjoyed it. Thanks so much for all you do for the community too. So they can still sign up online to get involved with the Renew Redo? Absolutely. Thewomenshome.org. Go to donate. And then there's events throughout the year coming up that they can know about too. Absolutely. We have one um, over the edge coming up in February. They can actually repel a 38th story building if they'd like to. So how did that come about? Oh, we just decided why not? You know, it was um, the first time we did it was last year and we figured it was COVID. We're going to try something new. We're going to shake it up a little bit. And we did. And it was a great success. And people loved it because it was different. So so outside the box. Yes. All right. Thank you so much, Julie. Hey, guys, keep living the authentic life and we'll be back with you. Oh, we're missing next week because it's Thanksgiving. And everybody have a great Thanksgiving. Bye.